Goff's three minute. Your story. Cause knowledge is Hey look, cows. This is probably what the English soldiers at the castle of Roxburgh on a dark February night in 1314 pointed out. Little did they know that in fact those were not cows, but a guerrilla band of Scottish warriors covered in cowhides seeking to take the stronghold. The wars of Scottish independence or the Anglo-Scottish wars took place between 1296 and 1346 between the English and the Scots over the Scottish lands that make up the top one-third of the island of Great Britain. When King Alexander III and subsequently his heir to the throne, his four-year-old granddaughter died, it left 13 people vying for the throne of Scotland. The Scots turned to King Edward I of England to help appoint a king, which would inevitably lead to fighting for the next 50 years between King Edward I, then the second, then the third, while many of us are familiar with Scottish hero William Wallace and his fight against King Edward Longshanks, thanks to Mel Gibson's Braveheart, and even perhaps Robert the Bruce from the more recent Chris Pine's The Outlaw King on Netflix, few are familiar with one of Robert the Bruce's commanders, James the Black Douglas, and his successes as a guerrilla fighter during these wars. A main focus of the Scottish freedom fighters was a series of English strongholds along the English-Scottish borders. Among those were Edinburgh, Berwick, and Roxburgh, the latter of which we will focus on today. The Black Douglas had risen to fame operating in and around Selkirk Forest in which Roxburgh Castle was located. From the forest, his men could conduct raids and attacks on local English garrisons, slipping in and out of the trees for stealth. Roxburgh was a fortress in every sense of the word, surrounded on three sides by a moat nearly impenetrable by standard means. Perhaps because it was so well defended, or maybe because the English terrorizing the Scottish people in the area used it as their headquarters, or perhaps it was because the castle was built by Scottish hands for the Scottish kings and was now in the hands of the English that burned him. But whatever the reason, James the Black Douglas made it his purpose to capture Roxburgh and put it back in Scottish hands. Now the English felt quite safe inside the walls of Roxburgh, with its moat and high walls, a siege was really the only possible means of attack. An outright assault seemed near impossible and not considered a threat worth focusing too much attention or detail on. The English, however, did not have Simon of Leadhouse, one of James's men who had developed a rope ladder with iron hooks at the top. Using these grappling hooks, the Scots planned to scale the wall and attack the unsuspecting Englishman inside. They just had to get to the fortress outer walls unseen. To do this, they would rely on several factors. The cover of night, a lax overwatch caused by security of the high walls, and the roaming herds of cattle in the fields around the castle. The Scots chose Shrove Tuesday, which is the day before Ash Wednesday, which ushers in the 40-day Lent period of sacrifice leading up to Easter. The castle at the time only had a complement of around 100 men who were celebrating as Roman Catholics were known to do the day before Lent began and were in the main hall drinking and being merry. A pair of soldiers were responsible for keeping an eye from the ramparts, noticed a group of cows roaming loose near the castle walls and remarked how the locals should keep a better eye on their cattle as it was rumored the Black Douglas was in the area. But after a quick sweep, the men went back down to the party. 
as you may have guessed, these cows were not in fact cows, but actually Black Douglas and his men. They had dressed in dark clothing and put cow hides over their weapons and armor and milled about on all fours closer and closer to the castle walls. At this point, Simon of Leadhouse jumps up and slings his grappling hook ladder to the top of the wall. He deftly climbs up and pulls a short blade and dispatches the two guards who had come back to investigate the noise. The troops climbed the ladders and stormed the great hall while a few went and opened the front gate for the others. As the Scots streamed in, the largely outnumbered English barricaded themselves into the great tower, eventually agreeing to terms and surrendering to James the Black Douglas. Roxburgh was again in Scottish hands and was roughly razed to the ground. The English would eventually rebuild it, but it was a key turning point in the Scots' fight to maintain their independence. And while not the final battle of the war, it was a morale boost and a dent in the English armor. In the following years of fighting, the Scots would defend their independence from the English and maintain a sovereign Scotland, in part thanks to this one battle and some inventive cow camouflage. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Wart County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.